Hello, fellow writers, and welcome back to the Dyslexic Author Podcast. I'm Christina, and I'm here to help you through your woes and adventures in writing and publishing. In today's episode, we will be talking about using your senses in your writing. So let's get started. So what I mean by using your senses in your writing is when you are trying to convey uh, a story to your readers and your audience, you want them to feel as if they're literally standing next to, if not being the character that is currently in the scene, generally your main character. You want them to feel as if they are that person or they are standing directly next to that person. So you're going to want to use all of your senses in your writing to help kind of create that deep feeling and connection with your readers. So let's go ahead and go through our different senses and talk about this. So our first question is, what does your character feel, right? Not talking about their emotions. That's part of story. This is going to be the literal tactile feeling. This is touch. So if they're running their hands along a brick wall, you want to know what texture the bricks are. You want to know if it's bumpy, if it's smooth, if it's glossy, wet, anything like that. So you want to talk about the textures the smoothness. Um, anytime you describe petting like a dolphin or anything like that, you're going to feel it very smooth and wet, very smooth. Whereas, like I said, going back to the brick example, it's going to be extremely bumpy and harsh and very, there's a lot of friction there, right? Um, you also want to talk about things like temperature. If they're touching a hot pan, you kind of want to convey that, right? You want them to not only just they yelled out, you know, ouch, but ouch, why? Did they like stab themselves with something? Did they like, you know, just drop it or something? But you, if not, you want them to know that it's the temperature, right? You want to know it's the heat that made them um, cry out and things like that. So that's touch. Next is going to be, what does your character smell? So this one I love to use a lot. So when they walk into new rooms or if they like hug their grandmother, things like that, you want to know what they're smelling especially if it's, you're talking about like an embrace, a hug. Um, I just remember anytime I hug my mom or if I hug my grandmother, like that was the best memory of my, my grandmother was that hug. You just kind of take a deep breath, right? And that deep breath was very floral, floral for my grandmother because she had a rose scented perfume. And I remember that perfume to this day. So it's things like that. You want to know what kind of smells you have. So are they smoky smells, floral smells, savory? If you're cooking chicken, it's not going to taste, it's not necessarily going to smell sweet, right? It's going to be more savory. Um, next is going to, moving on to the next sense here. What does your character taste? Piggybacking off the chicken example, right? Cooking chicken. Um, we're going to talk about taste. So when they, <laughs> this, I was just reading part of Cheryl Wood's The In an Eagle Point. And there's this whole, you know, it gets a little romancy and a little steamy and everything. But they were, she was also describing like when these characters kissed each other, like they were talking about like, you know, it sounds weird, but the taste, right? Of when they kiss each other. But it does, it pulls you into that scene and it really pulls you into that moment. Um, so things like that. But you also want to talk about sweet, sour, salty, any of those. Um, if you have a character that just dove into the ocean and they lick their lips, you know, it's going to be salty. It's the ocean, salt water, right? Um, if I had a, a scene in my book, Kunda, where the main character 
is basically holding back vomit, right? So it's that's going to be that sour, like just gross flavor. So you have to bring that so that you know how much she's just revolted by the whole scene. Um, so that is going to be your, your sense of taste. What does your character see? Sight is extremely important. So you, like I said, if, especially if your reader is going through the eyes of your main character, you want them to see what your main character sees. So is it bright outside, right? If it's dark or bright, like if they walk outside from a darkened building or something, you know, does the sun burn their eyes? It's so bright that they have to shield their eyes or something. Um, if the, you know, the sun bouncing off water as well is extremely bright. So if they're out on a boat, um, it basically sunburns your eyeballs if you're out on the ocean too long and you don't have any eye protection. So that's one thing you want to make sure that you put in there is like how bright it is and how burning it can be. Um, calming. I use the word calming because there's certain sites that really just calm you down. For me, it's a flower garden. <laughs> I love flowers. I love plants. I love animals. So any of those picturesque, you know, English cottage homes with all the flowers, the wildflowers everywhere, that just calms me down. So does looking at an empty beach, you know, just a beautiful empty beach where I could just walk the whole way, you know, anything kind of calming like that. So you can use visuals to help also describe the emotions and the way that the character is feeling. So, you know, walking into a, a rose garden and her tension left her shoulders, walking into the rose garden with the multitude of colors, you know, the character's sh shoulders start to release. So you can tie these senses together to really bring through the emotions and what the character is going through. Um, I also, I put on here the word crowded and I did that specifically because I am this way and most introverts are we don't like crowded <laughs> areas, right? I hated, you know, younger, you went to the mall to buy gifts for Christmas. Sorry, we didn't have Amazon back then. We had to go to the mall to get our Christmas gifts for everybody. I hated that because I would walk into the mall, it was crowded, everybody was moody and blah, 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 and I would just pick up on those emotions and I would pick up on just the crowded sense and everybody rushing and all that. And it was just a stimulation over overload and I could not be there for long. So I use the word crowded because that would be part of sight. What are they seeing? Why are they feeling these emotions? Oh, because, you know, they see too many people in one spot. They see this woman with a grimace on her face and you see another woman, you know, yelling at the person behind the counter, you know, whatever kind of details you need to give to convey that. So sight is also about like what they're seeing, the crowded area, it's going to affect their emotions, especially if they're like me and they're just introverted and don't like big crowded areas. They get drowned, uh, drowned. They get drained really quickly in those large group settings. Um, so that is for sight. My next question is going to be, what does your character hear? Now I was doing a critique with, a, uh, one of my favorite critique partners in my group and love, love, love his story. Like I'm super, super excited about it. Um, and he, was reading it was it was some like group mm, moment <laughs> but like these others had had moved away from the group and were having a conversation like a private conversation but it was still in a working area so it was like people were walking by and things like that but it was set um in history it was set in an earlier time period so to me i also wanted to have those little details about you know rocks crackling under people's shoes 
or the sound of water trickling down because this was, you know, uh, like, was it renaissance time frame? Um, England, they had waterways, which is where the waste went bye-bye. So you would hear the trickling coming down or you'd hear people bargaining with shopkeepers and things like that. So I wanted to hear those as well in there and just be like, and far off they could hear, you know, a woman, you know, I don't know. I was going to say begging for eggs. You could do that too. Or like bargaining um, with a merchant, you know, something like that. So anything you hear, any conversations that you might hear, if you're in a cafe, you kind of want to convey, you know, that these two characters are in a cafe and they can hear other conversations or they can hear the, you know, the coffee being steamed or roast the beans being, you know, um, ground up, anything like that. Ringing. If you hear, uh, have you ever gone underwater? I don't know if this is just me or what, but if you go underwater, like under the ocean or anything like that, it's, it's kind of like a ringing noise to me. It's just the void of sound except for like the waves or something, but it's almost like a ringing sound to me. I don't know how to explain that, but you know, trying to convey those sounds, right? Um, and then, like I said, the crunching of like pebbles under people's feet or the snapping of twigs if they're walking through the woods, things like that. Um, and the next one is going to be, what does your character's gut say? This is a part of their senses because it's going to be, what do they feel? What is their like just gut feeling when they walk into a room? Um, I have, uh, I don't want to give too much of Kanda away though. If you're going to read it, I don't want to like keep saying things, but there's a moment um, oh, okay. We'll go this. We'll do this in the, the current book that I'm working on, which is book two to kind of, um, the ancient blood series. And in this, there's a moment where my main characters literally just has a real, like something just happened and it's just like a, their stomach drops, their heart goes into their throat, like just their pulse starts quickening. So it's a natural body reaction right? Physical reaction to a situation. So that's what you want is those gut feelings. Or when you meet someone, have you ever met someone and the second you either shake hands or like somebody introduces them to you, you just have this feeling of, dude, you're an ass or like, I don't like you or, oh my God, I want to be best friends with you. You know, that instantaneous reaction that your body has. I've had more of the negative ones (laughs) than I have the positive ones, but just saying, you know, there's that automatic reaction you have to a situation or to a person. Um, this could be tension. You know, if you have ever walked in on a conversation and you know, something was like, it was either an argument or there was something going on. Cause you could just feel the tension in the room and you're like, yeah, I should probably back out slowly. <laughs> so that's tension. Then there's fear. I mean, if I, I live backed up to woods and yeah, we happen to have a mom bear, a mama bear back there. She doesn't bug us. She normally just sticks, you know, goes off to her little area and like does her thing. We don't have any problems. The worst case scenario is every once in a while in the neighborhood, a, a bird feeder might go missing. That's it, right? Um, nothing big, but we've heard her before. We have a fenced in yard and I, I was very like adamant about that when we moved in. I was like, we are getting a privacy fence. Um, and I'm very glad we did because I heard her one night, I had the dogs out, letting them go out potty. And it was, you know, late at night, like 10 o'clock at night. And I could hear her breathing on the other side of the fence. And if you ever hear a, a bear like breathing, it's like a very heavy, like, you know, kind of like chest breathing, I guess. Um, and I could just hear her like snorting and like breathing. And I was like, okay, puppies, time, time to come inside. Let's go inside. <laughs> I was like, come on, pups, let's go inside. 
Um, so that it was that instantaneous fear. I thought my dogs were going to like pick up on it and go to the fence and start barking. Blah, blah, blah. But I think they figured out they were like, yeah, that sounds a little bit bigger than I am. <laughs> so they both came inside. But those moments of just like instant, like you hear something and it's like fear kicks in. Right. Um, same thing with elation. You want to be like if if you have a romance novel and it's that last after that climax and the two, the couple come together and it's just a moment of pure joy and happiness you want to be able to convey that you know your heart's racing in a good way you know you feel light as air you're just like all the 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 weight has been lifted off your shoulders things like that so you want to be able to um convey that to your reader that this is just a happy lightning moment um for them so that is those are the senses. Sorry, go. That is what I think about using the senses, using all of your senses in your writing. And you don't have to do it in every single paragraph. Just sprinkle it throughout just so that people understand what's going on and they understand what the, the characters are feeling, sensing, all of that, um, and really bringing them inside the scene. Because remember that your readers don't know what you know. Your readers weren't there as you built every inch of this world or every inch of this storyline. They can't see what you've built in your head. Like I write science fiction uh, mostly. I love science fiction. I create entire planets in my head. My reader is not going to know what's going on in those planets. It's not going to see those planets the way I see them. So I have to tell them. I have to give them all those details. I have to tell them every single detail and, and then some in order to get them to see what I'm seeing. You know what I mean? They're not there. So you have to give them the information as much as you can is the best. It's always easier to cut back when you're editing. Like editing is where I always say editing is where a book is made, where a novel is made, where a, you know, best-selling author is made, you know, is going to be in the editing. It's easier to cut words out than it is to have to go back and build more scenes or write more words. It's just frustrating when you have to go back in and be like, oh, I have to write more words, you know, um, but it's so much easier to be able to cut things out than to add them in. So when in doubt, add more details, right? When in doubt, go through your senses. What does this character feel, smell, touch, taste, think, you know, any of these little details um, and then sprinkle them in you know, to help them feel as if they are inside that story. You want them to feel like they're either the main character or they are standing directly next to the main character. Um, I know when I read, um, which one I think, okay, let's go with, let's go with Hunger Games because I think I used that as an example in the last uh, podcast, but in Hunger Games, I felt like I was Katniss Everdeen. I didn't feel like I was outside watching Katniss Everdeen. I felt like I was, you know, in the trenches with her, running for my life with her, things like that. You want to feel as if you are the character, like that's the main goal because then that's going to keep your reader reading into the wee hours of the night. That is what's going to keep them going back and looking at your page to look and see if you have more books written. You know what I mean? If you can hook them and keep them going, then you're going to, you have a reader that's going to buy every single book. I, um, Kim Harrison, if anybody out there has read Kim Harrison, please let me know because I freaking love her. She makes me love the characters and feel like I'm with the characters or am the character during the whole thing so much that I can't put the book down and then I'm always waiting for the next book to come out. There we go. I just bought her brand new one that came out and she had actually stopped writing the series, the, uh, hollow series. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, she'd stopped writing it all together and then kind of wrote, you know, a couple other side books. 
but then came back to writing the series and I was like, oh my, you have no idea. I was like, my husband got annoyed by that because I was like, oh, she's writing another book. It's in the series. You know, I got so excited by that. And that's the kind of readership you want to have as an author. That is what you want. You want to have avid fans who love your characters, love your stories and keep coming back. So one way to do that is by adding in the details, sprinkling them in into your stories. And remember, like I said, your readers don't know what you know. Your readers can't see inside your head. So you're going to have to put it out (laughs) onto paper in words. So do what you can to sprinkle in all those nice little details. And that's all I have for you guys today. And I will see you next time. Bye.